This is Illinois in Focus. For Illinois News Network, I'm Greg Bishop. Coming up, we'll look ahead to when lawmakers return next week for the month-long home stretch of spring session and get commentary from Illinois News Network publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb about the revelation that Governor J.B. Pritzker is under a federal criminal investigation and what kind of taxes taxpayers can expect to pop up in the final weeks of the legislature. But first, here are some of the top stories from the past week. Governor J.B. Pritzker doesn't anticipate criminal charges after it was revealed he's under federal criminal investigation for what a Cook County Inspector General said was a scheme to defraud taxpayers when he removed toilets to deem a spare mansion uninhabitable to get a tax break. From the outset of his campaign, Pritzker's been pushing to change the state constitution's flat income tax to a structure that has higher tax rates for higher earners. He also found out through the media that since the campaign, he's been under federal criminal investigation. You know, what I know is what you all know from the uh, reporting that was done this morning. Chicago Public Radio WBEZ first reported Wednesday that Pritzker and his wife were under federal criminal investigation. Pritzker was asked if he's worried there will be criminal charges. No concerns at all. As I say, every any review of this will show that all the rules were followed. Pritzker denied wrongdoing, saying he's confident a review will show him that he followed the rules. That in spite of paying back $331,000 in tax breaks he got from removing toilets from a mansion to make it uninhabitable, to lower the assessed value, Pritzker said he won't let that distract him. We have many bills that are focused on lifting up working families. That's the focus of all of our efforts, and that's what I'm going to stay uh, laser-focused upon. Several Republican congressmen back in October requested a federal review. Illinois Republican Party Chairman Tim Schneider said the case needs to be thoroughly investigated because Pritzker's alleged actions defrauded Cook County taxpayers. I've seen silence on the part of the Cook County state's attorney. I think she botched the Jesse Smollett case, and, and uh, we don't even know if she's investigating this uh, at the Cook County level. And I'm grateful that the feds have, uh, have picked up the baton on this case. Schneider said Pritzker paying the money back is like a bank robber getting caught and giving the money back, expecting no ramifications for breaking the law. Just because he gave the money back means nothing to me. He, he schemed to defraud the taxpayers of the county. He, he basically technically took money out of the, the, the school system uh, to pay for our cops to, to further burden other taxpayers because he didn't pay his fair share. Schneider said Pritzker should immediately drop his push for progressive income tax, saying Illinoisans can't trust the billionaire pushing a plan while calling it a, quote, fair tax. Before it was revealed this week that he was under federal criminal investigation, the governor celebrated 100 days in office. Pritzker's office released a list of accomplishments, which includes diverse cabinet, passing a minimum wage increase, signing laws regulating gun stores, and signing executive orders on equal pay and on immigration. Pritzker's had Democratic supermajorities in both chambers to help him succeed in his promised agenda. House Speaker Michael Madigan's office said increasing the minimum wage is a top accomplishment. Senate President John Cullerton's office said there was bipartisan support for raising the age to buy tobacco to 21. Taxpayers Federation of Illinois President Carol Portman said it's been busier than normal up to the spring break, and she anticipates it'll get busier when lawmakers come back next week. What revenue raisers are they going to stick into the budget process to to be able to balance the budget. Not everyone's happy about the first 100 days of the Pritzker administration or the first 100 days of the new Democratic supermajorities of the state legislature. Ken Cooley Jr. employs 20 people in his Ogden business, Shapemasters Incorporated. 
He's, quote, disgusted with the direction of the state. The first 100 days have been catastrophic for uh, business owners in this state, unless you're on the government dole, unless you're somehow getting getting some benefit from government funding, which I'm not. Cooley said in the state's supermajority is taking the state in the wrong direction by not focusing on reducing spending. It's tax and spend. It's tax and spend. All they want to do is is raise taxes to try to fix a problem, fix the holes. Uh, and uh, it, we will be in the same position five and ten years from now. Senate President John Cullerton says while the state's challenges remain daunting, he sees a renewed sense of optimism. One of the forces working behind the scenes to bring sports betting to Illinois says he worries what would happen if neighboring states beat Illinois to the punch. Democratic State Representative Mike Zaleski said Illinois would miss out big if other states neighboring Illinois legalized sports betting first. I consider um, it is sort of, sort of Damocles sort of hanging over us that Illinois or that Iowa and Indiana got this, or may get this done before we do. It, it very much makes me want to get this done as soon as possible. Part of the overall equation is the tax rates. Industry experts warn high rates will just keep illegal bookies in business. Industry experts also say having online betting ensures people won't be burdened by playing recreationally. One industry that doesn't want any part of legal sports betting is Illinois College Sports. But representatives from the electronic sports industry want in on the action. A group of local government representatives say they want their cut of revenue. Some said the existing cut of gambling revenue is almost entirely eaten up by their local pension costs. Department of Human Services Secretary Grace Ho said regardless if sports betting is legalized in the state, they're asking taxpayers for $880,000 on top of the $1 million it gets in a line item to provide services for gambling disorders. But she told the committee Thursday the fund is not being fully utilized now because gamblers aren't using the services. She said the department wants to use money to increase awareness. And so we hope by the time we get into fiscal year 2020, we will see the increase in treatment, which is why we're asking for almost double um, on the line. Gambling opponent Anita Bedell said expanding gambling is not going to help. When you expand it more, you're going to create more problems. Okay. You're, you you want to help, but it's going to create so many more problems. Bedell said instead of focusing on problem gamblers, services should be focused on family members of problem gamblers. A group's urging Illinois state lawmakers to slow down plans to legalize cannabis for adult recreational use. Earlier this month, the Senate bill to legalize pot for recreational use without any policies passed out of committee, setting up lawmakers for a quick gut and replace. That could happen as early as next week when they return from spring break. But Luke Niferatos from Smart Approaches to Marijuana has been lobbying lawmakers to slow the process down. What is the sense in rushing? We really need to look at these lessons learned from other states, watch what they do, um, and not rush into opening this up for a whole commercial market right now. He cited concerns of increased pot potency, possible access of the product by children, and other possible issues such as more DUIs and hospitalizations from cannabis. State Senator Heather Staines, who's been crafting a bill behind the scenes for several years, said they're not rushing anything. It's a big policy change, and it merits a lot of input and a lot of debate, which is what we've been doing. Staines said Illinois is poised to do it right. We have been a model in our medical program, and I think we have the real opportunity to be the model in the adult use program, too, in terms of tightly regulated, but also trying to now add in being a model for how diverse we can make the industry. While the eventual revenue expected is between $350 million to $700 million a year, Stain said a real focus is creating a diverse industry and reversing the negative impacts of the war on drugs. 
Lawmakers are back next week when they could take up a Senate bill, gut and replace it, and if it passes and is signed by the governor, the first legal sales could happen as early as January 2020. Both the Illinois Senate and House passed versions of the $40,000 teacher minimum wage bill, signaling the idea could soon arrive on Governor J.B. Pritzker's desk. The measure would, over several years, increase the minimum salary for an Illinois teacher to $40,000 by the 2023 school year. Asked what other local contract issues the state should take away from local school boards, and Pritzker said that's not what he's focused on. Here's where you should pay attention to. This administration has been all about standing up for working families. We're going to review legislation with that as the lens through which we make any decisions. Opponents of the measure say it'll lead to higher public school costs and, in turn, higher property taxes. Louisville Republican State Representative Darren Bailey opposes the idea. As a former school board member, he said it's simple. Local economies should determine local wages. Uh, you know, a lot of schools in my area are, are looking forward to this new evidence-based funding money that's coming in. That money's already gone. That money's gone with the minimum wage bill. That money's gone now with the uh, uh, with the teacher minimum wage. I, everybody wants to pay people more. We all do. But this this the way our society works. Local uh, economy determine, should determine local wages. The Illinois School Management Alliance said even with the minimum salary being phased in over time, it'll consume a large amount of any new funding. The alliance also says it bypasses local control and undermines the collective bargaining process. Both the House and Senate could take up the measures and send it to the governor when they return next week. And the new legislative inspector general agrees with her two predecessors that there needs to be changes to bring more independence to the office that handles allegations of wrongdoing by state lawmakers. In the Chicago Tribune this week, attorney and former Legislative Inspector General Julie Porter wrote in an opinion piece that the office is powerless. She echoed some of the concerns her predecessor Tom Homer outlined in a letter to lawmakers before he left the office in 2014. New LIG Carol Pope, who was approved by lawmakers in February, said the intent of the office is to be independent. When you have things like you have to ask the commission to issue a subpoena or you have to ask the commission to open an investigation, I think those are things that restrict the independence of the legislative inspector general and could be addressed with some statutory amendments that I hope to be working toward over the next, you know, several months and years of my tenure. Pope's term ends June 2023. She replaced Porter, who was appointed by legislative leadership. Porter filled a multi-year vacancy that was revealed in 2017 by Denise Rothheimer, whose abuse of power complaint against a former state senator had sat on a shelf while the position was vacant. Rothheimer agreed with Porter's assessment. We have got to have an independent legislative inspector general. We need to have people who are not legislators overseeing the behavior of legislators. And complainants need to be treated as a person going through that process with rights. Rothheimer is also critical of the former LIG's public silence on the issues until now. Porter was never vocal on that. She would have been very effective being an LIG, having a voice. Messages seeking comment from Porter not returned. Those are the top stories of the week. Find more online at ilnews.org. Coming up for Illinois in Focus, commentary from INN publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb. This is Illinois in Focus. For Illinois News Network, I'm Greg Bishop. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Illinois in Focus. 
crosstalk segment, the portion of Illinois Focus in which I, Chris Krug, publisher of the Illinois News Network, and Dan McCaleb, the executive editor of the Illinois News Network, talk about the top issues in the state, offer some insights and some commentary, and uh, try to add some context to the news. Dan McCaleb, what's happening? Hey, how you doing this week, Chris? Good. I'm really, I'm doing very, very well, thank you. Um, lots to talk about uh, in some news that's kind of, uh, really, I've, I felt like, you know, if this was going to be a story, this could have been a story last year, you know, uh, something that would maybe have uh, percolated in 2018 rather than 2019. But federal prosecutors are looking at Democrat Governor J.B. Pritzker's uh, toilet incident from his Astor Street mansion in Chicago. The backstory on that, uh, that the, the governor's wife instructed the folks, the contractors that were renovating this house, which is by all accounts, magnificent home, instructed them to take all of the toilets and dis out and to disconnect the plumbing so that the house would be deemed uninhabitable and thereby reduce the tax exposure uh, until the project was uh, completed or until they decided, I guess, to, I don't know, to use the house for some property. Well, the feds uh, were not happy about this and, um, and and not letting this blow over. This was campaign fodder for Bruce Rauner uh, as he attempted to uh, hold on to his seat as governor. Uh, Illinois voters were well aware of it. If they didn't see one of those commercials, they simply weren't watching TV last year. But um, this is back in the uh, back in the news. So, Dan, get us an update. What's going on here? Yeah. So the story broke Wednesday um, with uh, reports from WBEZ that the federal government is investigating um, the incident at uh, the Pritzker's Gold Coast home. The story is not new, as you said. It's been around for quite a while. Um, but it really took on new life. I guess it was about a month before last November's uh, general election when the Chicago Inspector General, a report from the Chicago Inspector General was leaked to the media um, that essentially said it was a scheme to defraud taxpayers. Um, Of course, it was a month before the election, so a number of Republicans um, hoping to give Browner, as you said, a little bit bit of last uh, hope, um, jumped on it and called the feds to investigate. Well, since the election, we haven't heard anything about it. Well, we've come to find out. Um, it looks like the federal government is investigating. In our reporting after that uh, inspector general uh, leak there, there could be something to this. Um, we talked to some realtors who said uh, uh, there actually could be criminal uh, fraud here. The inspector general had emails from contractors talking to each other about um, the governor's wife's uh, request to take that to remove the toilets specifically in, in advance of an inspection so the home could be declared uh, uninhabitable. And as a result of that, the Pritzker saved uh, $330,000 in taxes. Um, so there really is some smoke here. It's an, in- it's an interesting story. So we've only got sort of like pieces of this story at this point, right? Because it's not fully out there. I mean, the, the, there, there's not been a, a like a stand-up, uh, by the feds, just a leak that this investigation is going on. Um, but it, it sounds like there, there's already some activity that's occurring within the, the uh, state's attorney's office in Cook County, which brings 
Kim Fox in, 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 into this story. Um, so from a mechanic standpoint, I mean, investigations are, are you know, I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're interesting and, and, you know, they get a lot of attention. But in this case, how would an investigation of, of, of this uh, of this order, how would that unfold? What would what should people be looking for next? Yes, the, the, the feds have not confirmed that this investigation has gone going. Generally, they don't um, confirm an investigation um, unless they have to or unless there's an indictment or charges are filed or something like that. That's not always the case, but generally um, that is the case. Um, so my guess is they're talking to contractors. They're reviewing uh, the material that the inspector general, the Chicago inspector general, uh, put together, and they're just taking it one step at a time. Um, Governor uh, Pritzker was asked about it uh, uh, late Wednesday afternoon. He said um, investigators had not contacted him. He defended uh, what he and his uh, family did um, and said nothing um, wrong was done, no illegal acts were committed. But you have to remember, too, that he did, after the inspector general's report was made public, he did agree to pay back those or that $330,000 in taxes owed, um, the tax break that he got. So you have to think that he's feeling a little, he was feeling a little guilty about it uh, back then. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't something that he wanted to deal with in the public eye. And, and, and I think you know, it, was, it was largely understood at the time that um, if you could write a check and make a problem like that go away by writing that check and you have that kind of money, why wouldn't you? With everything that's gone on in this state with property taxes, we, you know, state's residents pay the second highest property taxes in the country. And with, you know, the former Cook County assessor, the shenanigans that uh, Joe Barrios, the shenanigans that went on with him, um, for a billionaire like J.B. Pritzker to game the system to earn. And this is the same guy who's pushing a progressive tax increase who says that billionaires, millionaires um, uh, should be paying more. Billionaires like himself should be paying more. And he, he and his family purposefully removed toilets from his mansion so they don't have to pay property taxes on it. You know, if it's not criminal, it's right up there. Yeah, and it's, regardless, it's not a good look. So let, let's um, let's continue to talk about uh, Springfield and what's going on. Uh, the past two weeks have been, I want to say, quiet because we've had plenty of, of good news coming through uh, Illinois News Network. However, plenty of things that are on the board with regard to uh, potential areas for new taxes or increases of existing taxes. You wrote about this in your column, which published on Wednesday carried around the state in, in newspapers, north, south, east, and west in Illinois, and, and available online at ilnews.org. Share that insight. What's, what, what, what should we be looking for here? Yeah, well, it, it, there's, we're essentially in the home stretch, about five weeks left in the session when they return um, to session um, next week. And there are nearly a dozen proposals out there that we expect lawmakers to vote on in the coming weeks. That will affect Illinois' taxes. Well, let me hit your list because I think your your list, the way that you wrote this, is awesome. Because it's almost like a it was it's almost like something that maybe my wife would send me to the store with, you know, things to pick up. Uh, it I mean, it's seriously, it's like a, it's a shopping list. So, placing a constitutional amendment on the 2020 ballot for a graduated and or you know progressive income tax, increasing the state's gas tax, gasoline tax legalizing recreational marijuana and then taxing it 
legalizing sports betting and then taxing it, putting a seven cent per bag tax on plastic bags at grocery stores, big box stores, and elsewhere, imposing a new tax on streaming services such as Netflix, increasing taxes on tobacco, including vaping products, adopting a tax on financial tr transactions. I mean, um, it sounds like the Beatles song, you know, I mean, uh, you know, tax the street, tax your shoes, tax everything, you know. So what, though, Dan, I mean, and, and you know, you're as close to this as anybody in the state and you, you follow these issues regarding taxation like no other journalists in, in the state, you and the guys at INN. What do you think is going to happen? Wh which of these are going to get through? All some or none? Uh, certainly some. I, um, I think with the. Uh... The muscle that um, uh, J.B. Pritzker and his, uh, his allies um, in House and Senate leadership, I think they're going to get the progressive tax onto the ballot. Now, that doesn't mean voters uh, in 2020 um, um, will accept it. But, you know, the governor has spent the last two weeks um, behind the scenes promoting his tax uh, his progressive tax plan with, with any Democrats who might still be on the fence about it. Um, so I think that's a go. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if a gas tax uh, gets approved, but I think that's less likely than the progressive tax. It, these other ones, sports betting, rec recreational marijuana, there's a lot of work to be done. you got to create the, uh, create, create the category, right? <laughs> and then before you tax it. So it's not like it's there. So I mean, you got to go through all the, all the machinations of actually having sports gambling and uh, and uh, uh, legal weed, and then you get the tax. It's not easy to do because there are a lot of details that need to be worked out. Well, it's 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 pretty fascinating, and I mean, it's so in the, in the, and it, again in the next five in the next five weeks, you know, we'll be for all intents and purposes wrapped up. The legislative activity of the state of Illinois will will be done. There's no way in the world that they don't pass a budget. You know, you got. Democrat control of the House and the Senate and, and, the, and a Democrat in the governor's chair. I'm really looking forward to the Capitol bill. That's the driving force behind the uh, potential gasoline um, tax hike. It'll be interesting to see the details of the Capitol bill and what pork uh, projects are in what districts and whether or not that was an enticement for various lawmakers to support something like a gas tax hike and a progressive income tax uh, constitutional amendment. Um, so those we'll start looking at seeing those details here pretty soon too. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that you and the, and the team at INN will be keeping a, a close watch on that. Uh, I think it's one of the more revealing things about uh, state government coverage is to you know to peel that kind of uh, bill back just to see uh, who got what, how much they got, and uh, and then let the public decide whether that was a, a good investment or if somebody was saying thanks for the thanks for the effort. <laughs> so so hey Dan, always a pleasure to talk with you. Um, never a dull moment in Illinois, and um, I look forward to catching up with you again next week. Same here. Enjoy it as usual. For Dan McCaleb, it's been Chris Krug. You've been listening to Illinois News Network's Illinois in Focus Crosstalk segment. Now over to Greg Bishop with a look at what we'll be pursuing next week. Next week, state lawmakers back at the Capitol in Springfield. They have the month of May to pass a spending plan for the coming fiscal year. Big questions remain on how to fund Governor J.B. Pritzker's increased spending budget of $39 billion, his proposed new taxes, and tax increases of more than $1 billion, 
have yet to fully materialize. We'll be on the ground to bring you the latest on the move to legalize, tax, and regulate cannabis and sports betting, the proposed statewide plastic bag tax, tax increases on tobacco and vaping products, and more. This has been Illinois in Focus. Find more stories and commentary online at ilnews.org. For Illinois News Network, I'm Greg Bishop.